no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, we, the bears are what we thought they were. They're what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. One more time. One more time. Prison egg dub. It's time to bear down. Let's get it. You kids in the house, we appreciate you rocking with us, guys. Welcome to the Bear Essentials. On today's show, we break down the Bears' 31-17 loss to the Minnesota Vikings and much, much more. A-Dub, we are at the end of the road, my guy. Long season, press, a tough one, but it is what it is. What it is is Matt Nagy's final game as Chicago Bears head coach. Now, it's not official at this moment, A-Dub, but any of us out here that have watched <laughs> what we've seen this season, it's definitely got to be a foregone conclusion, right? It got to be, man. It's been a very interesting one. And you always talk about this for us, the results. He didn't get that. This is a results-oriented business. And when you're not getting those things done, you got to go. But I feel like we've been very complimentary of Matt Nagy. I mean, as his time as a head coach, have we been complimentary? No. But going down the stretch here, I don't want to kick the man while he's down. <laughs> no, I feel you on there, Perez. Uh, the, one of the things you talked about is about him still being a leader and still control the locker room. So you talked about that time in, time out. So, um, you know, we give him credit for that. I give him credit for that. But when I looked at this game today, this game right here has so many reasons why Matt Nagy will lose his job all combined up into one. The damn play calling was awful. The decision making was awful. The fact that this was another tale of two halves. Every Nagyism that we have all joked and talked about, Happened in this one game against the Vikings, a dub. The point I like about what you mentioned there, they don't like it, but it is what it is on that part, is the tale of two halves. I mean, how many games have we seen like that, Perez, uh, throughout this season? Another situation, another naggy fashion, and um, another loss. We're going to rip the Band-Aid off, ladies and gentlemen. We were feeling pretty good about that first half. We're up 14-3, to but then things fell apart in the second half. So as a dub was talking about, this has been something that we've seen from Matt Nagy and his teams it's been a reoccurring theme, A-Dub, and we saw it again today. So it was only fitting that this happened in the season finale and also in his last game as head coach. Nothing new if you've been watching the Bears all season. It's like Nagy, like you were saying, Press, didn't do, themselves any, do himself any favors in this particular game. Second half collapse. The Minnesota Vikings went on a 28 unanswered points run. I mean, it was just, it was just disgusting. I mean, it got to the point, A-Dub, where... It was like about, what, two minutes left in this game. I'm like, man, let me go ahead and get ready and head out to this Windy City Bulls game. I was like, I don't need to see anything more. When I, was, <laughs> I, like, I, don't see, I don't need to see none of this. There's so much disappointment that I've had with this team. Not only just this season, but last season. Can we get some type of good vibes going into this offseason? It would have been nice to have a victory going into the offseason. But no, 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 no. No victories for us. You hit a good point, man. I was happy to go with you to uh, Windy City Bulls, man, and uh, cover that game because uh, it was a tough one to lose. And just watching, like you said, the last couple of minutes of the game, it was like, well, what's the point? I was feeling pretty happy last week. I know I got a little ahead of myself when we beat the Giants. And some people were like, man, y'all were real happy about beating the Giants. I'm like, yeah, we should. We got to celebrate something around here. We can't just be on this podcast blasting the team every goddamn week. But, <laughs> but going into this game, knowing that Hakeem Hicks more than likely was not going to play, understanding that this is Hakeem Hicks' last game in a Bears uniform, bittersweet for me. 
you know, because on one side of the fence, I look at the fact of that salary, a very high salary for an agent player. But then when I look at it from a standpoint of being a diehard fan of this team and knowing what he means and what he represented wearing that Bears uniform, a dub, but we talk about it so many times on this show. But this is going to be somebody, if he does not return here, that's going to be greatly missed. We got to start giving these players their flowers sooner rather than later. Yeah, I like how you summed it up, uh, Press, about giving the players their flowers with Hicks, man. He deserves a lot of flowers, man, for what he's done for this organization. I mean, this guy came out there and put it on the line, Press. He knows what it means to be a bear that you and I always talk about. So, I mean, he's going to be greatly missed. But, yeah, Hicks is one of the good ones, man. And um, salute to you, Hicks, no matter where you go, man. Yeah, as long as you don't go to Green Bay. You know what I'm saying? But <laughs> good luck to him. He still got some you, – you know he's still got something left in the tank. And oh, yeah. whenever uh, – Whenever, wherever he lands, man, I'll definitely agree. I agree with you, A Dub. I'll be, I'll be pulling for him as well, as long as he don't put on that damn that yellow and green. <laughs> he probably wouldn't. He's got too much respect for what it meant to play in this uh, Bears uniform to ever do something like that. Now, A Rob, what a disappointing season for A Rob. It was just a year ago we was on this podcast capping for this man to get an extension, extend A Rob. We were saying that shit all the time. Now we over here like we can't open the door quick enough for him to get the fuck out of town. <laughs> it's just hey, this relationship with him, the Bears, just not going to work, man. So it is what it is for him. We didn't get no kind of production from him this season. No, nah, this was not a good year for A-Rob whatsoever. And, and I didn't see this type of production or their lack of coming from him. When we got Justin Fields, when we, when we signed Andy Dalton, I thought, well, shit, A-Rob should be, he should be feasting out there this season. But it was the complete opposite. Beginning part of the season, he wasn't getting targeted. Uh, he wasn't getting open a lot of times. They weren't throwing the ball to him. You know, then he got injured with the hamstring. Then he got COVID. It was just anything and everything that could go wrong went wrong for this guy. And it all happened in a contract year, eh, Dub? All those things you just mentioned all happened during a contract year. So it's going to be a tough thing for him. I mean, the guy gave us a good season before that. I don't know. I've never seen a guy fade the way that A-Rob faded. Like, <laughs> He went from being a guy that we would sit there and say, oh, man, we when they throw the ball A-Rob's way, he going to make some sort of a tough contested catch. That was what we were saying last year. Right. This year, I was like, did he play today? <laughs> he looks so invisible out there. Like, I mean, so you look, look at him on the field. Like, he's not even there. You, you don't even know he's out there playing because he's not being productive. He's not getting open. And <laughs> they're not throwing it to him either. So, A-Rob, listen, man, I'm not going to kill you. I don't know what happened here this season, but good luck to you because I know the Bears are not going to sign this guy to an extension. They made their decision when they didn't re-up him before the season started. Ryan Pace drew a line in the sand. He's like, no, we're not paying you that kind of money. <laughs> yeah, Ryan, yeah, Ryan Pace, like, ah, oh, that's it, dog. We, we give you this here. You know, we franchise sack you, but that's the first we go. Yeah, that's it. When you look at that whole situation with the him getting the franchise tag and him wanting the extension, the situation that was going on with his agent, it was just a lot of noise on A-Rob's side. And I, I feel like, and I hate to even be worried about another man's money and his contract and all that kind of stuff, but I really feel, A-Dub, that he let that contract kind of get the best of him. I really think that that was the big problem for A-Rob. I don't think he liked the fact that he was playing on that franchise tag this season. I really don't. The way you play and what you say are two different things, right? You're saying all the right things, but your game not speaking for you, right? <laughs> so, uh, you know what I'm saying? So it's like he didn't really play well. I mean, and sometimes you watch it, some games on tape, you're like, 
ain't like he cared either. So they kind of go hand in hand. It's like uh, they franchise tagged him. He was quote unquote supposed to be the wide receiver one. He got outplayed all season by Booney. And, and and some people will say that he probably outplayed him a little bit last season too. Yeah, can make that argument. I won't disagree with that. It's unfortunate to see a Rod a Rod in a situation like this, Fred, because like you already said, man, we had high hopes for him. And the fact that he didn't fit in with Justin Fields or Andy Dalton doesn't seem like he was too happy playing. Here's what here's where we're at now. One thing that I did say a little bit earlier in this show is I talked about Nagy and his poor decision making in this ball game. Another one of his decisions that he made in this game, and I talked about it last week, he started Jason Peters again at left tackle over Tevin Jenkins. <sighs> And this is why, once again, why you don't let a head coach go into the end of a season lame duck. Because no disrespect to Jason Peters, because I think Jason Peters, is kept, he came in here and did a phenomenal job for us over at that left tackle position. Anyone that thought that Jason Peters was going to hold up the way he did over this 18-week season, you're a liar. Because none of us saw this coming. Jason Peters did his thing. However... I would have liked to see Tevin Jenkins get a little bit more playing time and a little bit more snaps here in these last couple of weeks. And this was just another one of Matt Nagy's questionable decisions. How is that developing Jenkins when you have this guy on the bench? So you don't give the investment to Jenkins and let that kid go out there and play? Come on, Nagy. That's a, that's a tough one right there. So I'm with you there, Chris. I think what it came down to was that Nagy was giving respect to the veteran player, which, okay, fine. I'm not discussing that part, but at the same time, Hey, if you want to give him that honorary uh, start, play him for a couple series and be like, all right, we're going to get the rookie out there. That's the way I would have done that because we've seen with Tevin Jenkins that the kid's got some potential, but he's got a lot of things in his game that needs to be cleaned up. But the only way you can possibly clean some of it up as well is through playing, right? So mm-hmm. why not give that kid, like you said, more snaps, man, more opportunity? And um, <laughs> again, Nagy failed on that. He dropped the ball big time. Because you see Larry Borum, he got the start at right tackle today. And those are reps that he's going to be better for it. And I respect Nagy for that part. Hey, I know Borman playing well, but he still continue to play. The thing is, like you said, Perez, why not give Jenkins that, that, that opportunity? You know, what's wrong with that? Really, why not let Jenkins play? Yeah, I will I will never understand it. <laughs> never understand it. But no, we won't. Looking at the tape on this one, A-Dub, again, sloppy ball game. Sloppy ball game. Second half collapse for us. It just left a lot to be desired out there. It, it reminded us all of how far we are, away, we are away from competing in this NFL. When I was looking at some of the highlights from some of these other teams playing today, A-Dub, and I said, God damn, that must be nice to have a complete team out there. We sure don't have it, man. We don't have that, friends. No, nah, we got a lot of problems over here. So, again, we know what's going to happen with Matt Nagy. We know that he has come to the end of his road here. Great guy. From as far as what everybody says about him, even you and I, A-Dub, we interacted with him at Hallis Hall. Seemed yep. like a cool guy. You know, I he agree. has some jokes. You know, so cool. Good family man. All that kind of stuff. And I keep saying, the guy deserves respect on the way out the door. I wish him well. I hope that he lands on his feet soon. I just don't want him to, I just don't want him to be the head coach of this ball club. Because today, just summed up to me in a nutshell why he should have returned to be the head coach this season. No, you're spot on, Press. You're spot on. And I like what you all the good things you said about him already. We always talk it down on Nagy. Nah, nah, we gave him his props. Well, he deserved that. With him being the head coach, and you and I talked about this a hundred times, about him calling plays, about him standing, getting his own, can't get out his own way to be different. It really is, Press, because right now we can see 
we've been going down here since that 12 and 4 season. And honestly, that 12 and 4 season wasn't even because of him. It was because of that defense, Fangio, and also the fact that he was calling them little trick plays and that bullshit that people hadn't seen yet. Because as soon as the NFL figured that out, where, where's that offense been since then? <laughs> we ain't seen no offense much. It's been no. downhill since. It's been awful. It's been fucking awful. The thing that's really, really pissed me off here as of late with this team, audience, say, hear me out. Hiding those rookies on the fucking practice squad. Now, you guys already heard me talk about what they did with Thomas Graham Jr. offseason. We had all these issues at corner. And now you see Daz Newsom out there making plays. And this is a guy that's been on practice squad all season. Now, I know Daz got injured in training camp. And I know that it was one of those situations where he was slowly working his way back into health. But, I mean, come on. Why did it take this late in the season for this kid to get up to the active roster? Like, why? Now, those are the situations that happen personnel-wise that makes me scratch my head. The fact that we're not starting to Tevin Jenkins. Why did the Fetty get the start over Boren? Like, these are things that I really wish somebody would be able to find out from this head coach. Like, what was your thinking? Why didn't Justin Fields get reps with the ones? The guy had no chemistry with A-Rob. No chemistry with Moody. It's like everything this guy decision-wise did going into this season was just god-awful. It's like not even just going into the season, but during the season. I just didn't get the logic behind a lot of the things that he did. I think you and I probably maybe may agree on this here. Nagy was thinking about Nagy Press. He noticed last season, right? He was like, I need to win. He thought about himself. And thinking about himself, he was not really thinking about truly developing these players on the field, Press. I, I don't think he thought about one of his, you know, we were not talking about this before. I don't think he had intended on starting Justin Fields. That wasn't really Nagy's intent, though, you know? It was all about Dalton. You, you heard him loud and clear, right? You were not talking about that. But here's where we are now. Is Nagy what he wants to do to try to win versus the development of these players? Well, if Nagy was really concerned about winning, then he would have got a quarterback in that position to cover a goddamn receiver. <laughs> he tried out fucking Burns. He yep. tried it field door out there and, and Marky Christian and whoever the fuck else they had over there that couldn't get the damn job done. I feel where you were going with that, but Matt Nagy, I, you giving him too much credit. He's just a, uh, I don't even want to go in on him because this is <laughs> the man when he's down. But I promise you, A-Dub, you giving that man way too much credit. I just really think it came down to a situation where Nagy's going to Nagy, and that's exactly what happened. He did this on our watch. And again, yeah. how many times do we talk about the fact of Khalil Mack's prime? That is another season uh-huh. where Khalil Mack, we, what we get out of Khalil Mack? A half a season. Yep. He went down to injury. That contract is only going to get larger and larger here on out. You make a good point, Perez. Very good point. And I know Tub, you know, made it sound like I'm all for Nagy. I get no, your I, point, I, didn't feel, I didn't feel like that. I was just saying you were giving the man a lot of credit. I don't think yeah. he – I don't even think he was thinking about winning. Maybe when it came to his mind with Dalton over Fields, because maybe he felt like, okay, well, I want to go with the veteran quarterback over the, the younger, younger guy. Okay, fine. Right. But what about these other – position what about these other positions that's why i just don't get it mm-hmm. your cornerback position was awful from Ooh. the get-go from the get-go i don't know what Nagy saw in these other guys <laughs> like you say with all the burns and you know all the other players who play over there cornerback opposite Jalen johnson i don't know what the man was thinking press press to see what they could possibly do so that is on Nagy's watch he screwed it up press, <laughs> and it looked ugly all season it was fucking brutal Football fans, who's ready to score some free bets? 
Now you can when you bet any NFL game this week with DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. New customers who bet just $1 on either team to score can win $100 in free bets. When a team scores, you score. If Sportsbook isn't available in your state yet, DraftKings won't leave you empty-handed. Everyone can play for huge cash prizes all season long with DraftKings Daily Fantasy Sport Contest. DraftKings is giving all new customers a free shot at millions of dollars in total prizes with their first deposit. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now. Use promo code TPPN, bet $1 on either team to score, and win $100 in free bets. If they score, you score with promo code TPPN this week at DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NFL. Must be 21 older, New Jersey, Indiana, or Pennsylvania, new customers only. Minimum of $5 deposit and $1 wager required. Restrictions do apply. See DraftKings.com slash sportsbook for details. Gambler problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Now back to the show. You knew this game today was over when... I knew it was over, Prez, when Jefferson caught that touchdown in the third quarter to tie the game up. I knew it was over at that point because they had all the momentum. And what happens? On our next drive, Prez, oh. Andy Dalton gets sacked. Yep. On the third, on the what, second down play, 9 third and 15. I'm like, it's over now. It's over. Yeah, you know what, A-Dub? You were right about that one because when, <laughs> when I saw <laughs> Cousins going deep like that, I said, I'm sure that's Jefferson he's throwing it to. Right. And then when I look back there, I'm like, okay, that ball hung up a little bit. Okay, Bojack, you'll be able to make a play. Nope. <laughs> I thought Bojack was going to go for it, man. I said, nope. oh, damn. Nope. Audience, I did not break one single remote control this year, and I almost <laughs> did in that moment. Almost. But I learned you. I said, you know what? They're not even worth that. They're not even worth a used remote controller at this point. Because when I saw that effort by Eddie Jackson on that play, not only did he get mossed, but I'm like, what happened, bro? You used to be a playmaker. What the hell were you doing right there, man? Chris, I have no answer for you because I thought he was going to make a play on it. I'm like, well, you know where the ball going. I mean, he just ran there and just stood there. And I was like, oh, no, you got to be kidding. You got to be kidding me, man. Make a play, dude. You know what that shit looked like? That looked like when you playing Madden. And you go to hit that fucking triangle button to go fucking jump and your damn button freeze and shit. And you just sit there and let somebody catch a touchdown on you. That's what that shit looked like. <laughs> Eddie Jackson didn't press the triangle button. That's what that shit was. You, got, you right about that, Chris. I thought that was a good one, A-Dub, as far as when the game was over. I really knew it was over when Dalton threw that pick six. Oh, yeah. Ice on the cake? That was the icing on the cake. It was 31-17 at that point. And that's when I said, nope, time to get ready. Get ready to go get ready for this Windy City Bulls game. I ain't got time for this shit. <laughs> that's when you text me, right? That's yep. when I realized it. That's when you and I were going back and forth texting. Yep. That's when I hit you. Like, all right, man, it's time to get ready. <laughs> it's time to go. <laughs> yes, Wrap sir. this shit up. Uh-uh. Wrap this shit up. Let's go. Yeah, it was tough. Like I said, though, the stuff that we're talking about here, this is just a fitting way to end the Matt Nagy era. Blowing that lead in the second half of the game. Those turnovers in the fourth quarter. Another Bears loss. That's all a part of the Mad Nagy special that we've we've grown very accustomed to in this time here as Bears fans. And also, A-Dub, tell me why in the second half we only ran the ball nine times and threw it 26 times. We were up. Oh, my God. 
There is no need to throw the ball that much, Fred, when you were leading the game. You run the football, right? Running effectively. Montgomery wasn't doing bad. Why not continue running the football? David Montgomery was running that ball well. He was running the ball hard. But the fact of the matter that we had four for one calls on offense, and they did not give that ball to David Montgomery. In fact, on one of them, Montgomery's on the goddamn sideline. Mm-mm-mm. How the fuck does that shit happen? They showed him on the on the damn sideline. This man was shaking his head. I'm like, David Montgomery, we've been doing that shit all fucking season. This offense, not you, but your fucking head coach, whoever the call of these plays, Laser, Maggie, whoever, we've been shaking our heads at everybody. Right. <laughs> we've been shaking our heads at that damn offensive line. We've been shaking our head at A-Rob. So you ain't the only one, brother. You ain't the only one. Prez and I have seen that look, not only from you, from Justin Fields. We're like, hey, look, man, it's been a, a bad show all season. So I know that Matt Nagy and that offensive staff, I, I want to give them the benefit of the doubt here. I want to say, A-Dub, that they use analytics when they're making these decisions. So I guess I don't understand why on fourth and one, why David Montgomery doesn't get the ball. Because I saw somewhere on Twitter where they said that David Montgomery is three for four and getting the first down on four for one. That's 75%. Why wouldn't I go for 75%? Why am I going to go do something else? Hey, that's enough analytics right there, Prez, to say get the ball to Montgomery. Hey, mm-hmm. hey, hey. Let's Give him the ball. Him. Get the fuck out of the way. That's it. <laughs> Simple as that, Prez. Let the chips fall. They're going to fall. I'm telling you right now, that kid is good enough to get a yard out of it. He's been doing it pretty much for most part of his season, so he can do it. Offensively, already, I've already started off. I didn't like the fact that they went away from the running game. They threw the ball way too much for my liking in this game. But also, we had the ball past midfield on five different possessions, a dub, with only two fucking field goals to show for it. Two field goals. Mm-mm-mm. Once again, with so many people that were sitting here taking their shots at Justin Fields and saying, oh, he's not ready. Justin Fields isn't a good quarterback because they saw that Dalton and Foles had a couple wins here down the stretch. I'm not going to sit here and take no shot to Andy Dalton, but see Andy Dalton taking those fourth down sacks. I'm like, are you fans going to take back those words that you said about Justin Fields? Those were awful sacks that Andy Dalton took today. Awful. Those sacks pretty much said, hey, you know what? <laughs> you ain't going to do that after this year. That means that the, the series is over, right? That drive is over. Like you say, Preston, one on fourth down, you knew, hey, look, this is it right here. Then the other one we took was on the third down, whatever. That hurts as well. But it's like too many sacks like this year. I'd rather see a guy like Justin Fields. Of course, we know he's not playing but for, for, the, for the right reason. But it's like, man, it, it's tough watching Andy Dalton. It really was such, tough watching him play in this particular game because playing play calling, add that to it as well. But it didn't look good. Andy Dalton should be throwing the ball almost 50 times. I'm sorry. That's, that's a recipe for failure. That's exactly what we got here. We shouldn't be surprised. When you don't give your running back, who is capable of getting one yard in his sleep, the ball when you have multiple. There were three forfeit ones, A-Dub. I just thought about it. There was a third one. Third one. Montgomery didn't get the ball. <laughs> That's bullshit, man. It is. Also, pass protection. Now, I will give Andy Dalton a slight benefit of the doubt. That offensive line of pass protection today was awful. Prince, it was awful, man. And what really hurts me more, man, is when we can't pick up the bliss, right? It's like, what do you do from that standpoint? Like, Nagy, have you guys not noticed what Minnesota is going to do? They're going to bless you. They're going to send a whole army. And what do you do? You're not even prepared for it. A sack. What it looked like they were doing offensively, and Aqib Tlaib said it as well. They were out thinking themselves. And this has been a, a microcosm of what Matt Nagy is. 
He does all this fucking trickery and this bullshit, and all he's doing is fucking his own self up. You screwing, <laughs> you screwing up your whole team with this nonsense you call it. One thing I will say what you always said, Prez, you always said, man, keep the game simple, right? Like, let's make a simple play, right? Do a simple play. And when you don't see Nagy do those things, Prez, I know you probably scratching your head. I'm going to be scratching my eyes. Like, I remember what Prez said, and here we go in Nagy fashion, something off the wall, and it just doesn't work. No, because when things were clicking there in that first half offensively, we were running the football, right? And it was nice, man. They were targeting Darnell Mooney early and often. And I'm like, this is looking good, man. Looking real good. I like the calls. I like how they were getting the ball out quick. They were getting command involved. Like, they were doing all the things that I like. But then in that second half, they went away from everything that worked, they dug. And that's what always tend to happen, Prez. We try to get too cute when it comes to play calling and running these certain plays, Prez, that just really don't work, man. You know what I'm saying? To help sustain drives. And when you start making the game more difficult than what it really is, that's when bad things start happening. Thinking too much. Yeah, it's just, <laughs> I don't know, man. The guy's got to be the smartest guy in the fucking room. All that collaboration, and it got us a fucking six and fucking 11 season. So great job. <laughs> great job. Defensively today, I do have to say, at least from the first half of the game, A-Dub, that defense was playing lights out. And yeah. I thought they played probably one of their better games on the season because I was really happy with the effort I saw out there. Dalvin Cook was getting stuffed. We did a really good job on Jefferson. I was like, yeah, what happened to Jefferson? What happened to Jefferson? <laughs> right. Yeah, but then that second half, he fucking reminded us who he was. But I'm telling you, the first half at least, I'm like, yeah, look at that Bears defense. They looking pretty good out there. Angelo Blackston was out there getting his. I mean, this is the second week in a row that Angelo Blackston started snapping off A-Dub. So. Yeah, man. Angelo Blackston doing his thing, Prez. Here I go texting you. Hey, man, look what our defense doing, right? Oh, it's 14-3 now, whatever. I'm like, man, I'm all happy, right, Prez? I'm giving all kind of praise to this defense. And then, like you said, man, the second half come. I'm like, hey, man, I knew I ain't got too happy. I done got too happy. I know. Yep, that's what I tell you. When you was saying all that, I was like, yeah, they doing something, all right? <laughs> Look at this shit here. I was happy, though, for the first half because, okay, I'm just going to say it. So, Coach decide. I don't think that he was put in the best circumstances this season, had a lot of injuries on his side of the ball, and, you know, he just didn't benefit from having a really good sound offense, right? So a lot of times right. that defense was put in bad spots. However, there were so many times when Coach decides defense will go soft, and they did it here in this half where they gave up a field goal. They just let the Vikings march it down the field. I hate when they do that. You talk about that shit too, A-Dub. That's something that size done way too often here in this first season, and I really hope that they get personnel on this team that will allow him to be more aggressive because he told us that he was going to be aggressive with his defense, and we really hadn't seen that, at least not for the whole part of the season we haven't. Yeah, that's a good point. You, that's a good call out, Perez. We have not seen the aggressiveness uh, throughout the season. And that's, like you say, Perez, what we were looking forward to seeing. But <laughs> it seems like, you know, our secondary, right, really ain't doing us any favors. I thought he could save Eddie Jackson. I really was. You know me. I was like, maybe this I can save Eddie Jackson, right? You thought and then, so. <laughs> and it happened. I don't think you can salvage Eddie Jackson anymore. They, he's just going to be on that milk carton permanently. And I just don't see it. You and I both bought into the hype on that. We were like, oh, man, well, Desai was around when, when Eddie Jackson had his all-pro season in, and he has the keys. He'll be able to unlock him. Right. Yeah. I wish somebody told me where them keys are. 
they had the car, man. Them keys stuck in the car, friends. In the cold weather, is your keys in the car stuck and it's cold as hell. You can't stand out there and try to get that door open. That car, remember uh, Forty Eight Hours with Eddie Murphy and Nick Nolte, and uh, they went and got that damn car. And they had all that goddamn dust and all that bullshit on it. Been in, <laughs> in, that car had been a lock up ever since he was in jail. That's fucking Eddie Jackson. <laughs> Man, that sound like Eddie Jackson, no doubt, man. That sound like him right there, man. That's that's, the and, that's my, and that's my point, though. It's like we had such high hopes. We were like, man, the size gonna be able to do this. Eddie Jackson gonna have that bounce back year because we were like we we need it. We gotta have it, and we haven't gotten it. Now, the one thing I will give Eddie Jackson props for is he's improved his tackling. He's actually shown a willingness to tackle here, you know, the second half of the season. Right, but man. They didn't make you at one point the highest paid safety in this league for your hitting prowess. They made you the highest paid safety at one point for game changing plays. Correct. And we are not getting those. Not at all, Perez. And he hasn't been to Eddie Jackson that we all got accustomed to. Now, one guy on that defense that has definitely earned their money in this some is Robert Quinn. We've been giving him so many shout outs here. There's another guy that deserves all the flowers. 18 and a half sacks this season. And that sack that he had in, in today's game, the half sack, was a thing of beauty, man, because my Lord, brother, my Lord, he was down on the ground, yes. crawled, and got a half a sack with Bilal Nichols. And I say, God damn, Robert Quinn, how the hell did you do that? Prez, this is the last game of the season he's doing, giving that kind of effort. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what you call modeling in the way. That's what you call, like you always talk about, Prez, about being a bear, right? Putting it all out there on the line, man. This guy out there, every snap, Working hard, Perez. Like you said, on this ground, Perez, and still having to hold on to that quarterback, man. I said, man, Robert Quinn, you've been having a phenomenal season. Way to bounce back from last year, man. Way to bounce back. I know Perez, and I said it plenty of times, but I got to say it again. Way to bounce back from last season. And just watching him on tape, his burst off of the fucking line of scrimmage, man. Dude, I was watching the tape again from that Giants game when he got that sack on Glennon. And I was like, damn. The damn offensive lineman never had a chance because Robert Quinn, either he knew the snap count or he just is that quick off the line. I was like, Jesus Christ. He was beating that guy the whole game. And and so those are the things that when you look at a Robert Quinn doing this without Khalil Mack. Right. And this is why I was so bummed by the fact that Khalil Mack got hurt is because I would have loved to have seen him and Quinn both wreaking havoc like this at the same time. Ooh, we friends. They were starting to cook together, though, man, before that, that Mac injury, man. And, um, man, we missed something special, friends. We really did. Because, I mean, Robert Quinn <laughs> stepped his game all the way up this season, man. And, um, I mean, I'm proud of them, friends, and do their thing, man. It's just it's just tough to see that go down. No, that's no, that's a fair point. Now, I'm going to get back to what I didn't like defensively in this ballgame. Because, yes, I did go after the side. And I think it's fair for us to call fair. him out. I also think that Desai, he's got some room to grow. His first year calling a defense, so whatever. He's got time to grow. However, in this game here, it was a microcosm of some things that I've seen with Desai's defenses this season. Blown coverages. DBs falling down and shit. Like, what the fuck is that about? <laughs> I hate that, friends. When he's falling down, man. Like, dip off, your, dip off the ground, man. Come on, man. You can be falling down on plays like this. Get up. My goodness. That was awful. And I also, I got some heat for Jalen Johnson. He'll been solid all season, and you know, we ride with him. Well, come on, man. He didn't touch a receiver on the ground again. 
this is why also I had to kind of not go too hard on Eddie Jackson because Eddie Jackson at least had enough awareness to him to go and knock the damn receiver down when Jalen Johnson didn't touch him down. Right. Now, this ain't the first time Jalen done this. Nope. Come on, Jalen. Come on, bro. Jalen Johnson should know better, man. This is too late in the season to have some kind of mental breakdown like that. I know it's understood the last game. It is maybe, maybe meaningless to him, but guess what, man? You a professional football player. Do make the right play. And I don't, I don't think, I think that, because Jalen, I will give him props and say, he's one of those guys, I know he cares. What I think it was was a mental lapse. And you can't mm-hmm. have that. You cannot have that. Because mental lapses like that are the difference between a, a player being a solid player and being all pro. Yep. And you played with Kyle Fuller last season. Kyle Fuller was a student of the game. You might need to go watch some tape on Kyle Fuller and, and understand that quarterback position a little bit more because I don't re- I don't remember too many times that Kyle Fuller didn't remember to touch somebody down. <laughs> right, because Kyle Fuller was all about the details, the small things to big things. So all I got to say is Jalen Johnson should have learned a whole hell of a lot. And like you said, too late to have a mental make- breakdown this late in the season. But I will say he's one of those guys that's been a bright spot for the most part, but he still has some things to clean up. and. It's okay for us to call it out because I think that it's fair to say, hey, look, you're good, but hey, you can always be better. Right. You're good. It's about the next level. Getting there. There's some things to clean up. All right. Well, A-Dub, let's get into some positives here. Who's getting your offensive game ball for week 18, bro? I got to say, I went with Money Moon, Prez. So I thought he made some big catches out there. He was a big target for us. I mean, he had 12 catches, right? I yep. really wasn't looking at the yards part, but I thought there was impactful catches. So I said, you know, I'm going to go with Money Moon this time. I mean, that's a fair one. Plus, he went over 1,000 yards for the season. And any of our listeners that listen to our Winter Circle show, you guys remember, before the season start, I gave y'all that prop bet. I said, take Money Moon over 660 receiving yards for the season. I said, he's going to blow that shit out of the water. I said, Vegas is not putting enough respect on this kid's name. And I said, take that shit with confidence. A does boy Money Moon went over a thousand yards today. So anybody that took that bet, you're welcome. Thank you very much, Prince. <laughs> yeah, I, I know, know A dub over there cashing in. You just been cashing in all season, bro. Hey, yes, I have, but I'm feeling good, Prince. You know what I'm saying? I've been cashing in, Prince. <laughs> my man. I gotta give my uh offensive game ball this week to Cairo Santos. Uh-huh. And this is more probably of me just giving him this game ball just because of what he represents on this team and definitely on this offense. 90% field goal accuracy. And we have to remember that one of those kicks that he missed wasn't his damn fault. That's true. So not only has Nagy messed up a lot of things on this team, but he kind of messed up uh, Santos there for a second. Because if Santos <laughs> missed that one field goal, Santos had to get his mind back right. Like, wait a minute. <laughs> I don't miss field goals. <laughs> Right, right. I'm with you there, friends, man. Salute to Santos because you're right. He goes about his business, friends, and a lot of times you don't even get any notes because we haven't been really winning games like we want to, right? Salute to Santos, man. He's been the most consistent field goal kicker since Robbie Golds, and he was able to shake off Nagy, making him kick that 66-yarder that he had no chance of hell of hitting. <laughs> no chance of him. <laughs> and I will say this, too, audience. Daz Newsom. Even though I'm not going to give him a, a full-on game ball, but I'm gonna, I want to give him an honorable mention, A-Dub, because I thought Daz Newsom was pretty solid there at punt return. And you already know what we got at Jakeem Grant. 
But the fact that Daz Newsom, who, when we drafted him, a lot of us saw what he did in North Carolina on special teams. And it made us all mm-hmm. excited to see what he would be able to do here in the, in the leagues. We are in good hands with the kickoff return, whether it's Grant with the kickoff return or punt. And even now with Daz Newsom, we got a lot of explosive weapons there on that special team. And shit, we even talked about Tariq Cohen, who missed the entire season. But that's another weapon that you have there on special teams. Special teams looking pretty good, man. Grant has done good. I was impressed with Newsom. We heard a lot about him before. It was just good to see him out there because um, he let us know that I'm ready. And the one thing that I liked about Newsom is just how he was evading tacklers. That's what you want in that punt return position. We joked often about Ted Ginn and how he, that motherfucker didn't <laughs> want to return a kick to save his damn life. He, you know, but smoke. he did not want the smoke. <laughs> but I'm looking at what Daz Newsom did out there today, giving us really decent field position. If only our offense was capable of knowing what to do with that type of field position, we would have been in a different spot in this game and probably some other games this season as well. That is fact right there, Perez. He's always looking how to make something out of nothing, right? And I'm like, this kid kept his feet moving. So that's what we look for in a, in a punt returner for sure, man. So he got all the two. Yeah, like I said, he'll be in the mix for a spot next season. He's definitely earned that. My defensive game ball for week 18 is Angelo Blackson. I talked about that earlier with him. He's had a nice end to the season here. He had a sack against the Giants. Just constant, constant pressure. He had a a sack in the game today. And the one thing is he's shown is that he's going to be a reliable death piece for us on that defensive line. And I look for him to return next season. But my game ball defensively is going to Angelo Blackson. I got no problem with that, Perez, because he's been balling. Got to give it to him. But who I gave mine to for in this game, I went with Nichols. Lyle Nichols, I thought he did a very good job in this particular game here, Perez. Making things happen, getting that backfield, put fire pressure. Hey, I can't, I can't, I don't see nothing wrong with that one. Bilal Nichols will be a, a free agent. Hopefully he comes back. We'll see how the market bears for him. But hey, Bilal Nichols is solid and uh, definitely someone that uh, I respect a lot on that defense. And yeah, he definitely had a good game today. Sir, who's your underperformer? Your bear down for week 18? My underperformer, I did go with Bojack. Because I didn't like that play. I just didn't like it, man. I didn't like it, Prince. It's not, it's not a good look. No, it was awful. He got mossed. I mean, Kirk Cousins just threw that shit up. It was a prayer. Right. Okay. What are we doing back there, Eddie? I mean, I already talked about that earlier, so whatever. He's actually been pretty decent in coverage this season. But when you're making the type of money that he's making, you should have knocked that ball away. You should have picked it off. should have made some sort of play. I mean, this is the second year in a row that he's going to finish with no picks. One of the highest-paid safeties in the league. No picks two years in a row. That is totally unacceptable for a player who's making that kind of money and what he also have done in the past, you know, when he was really good at doing that job. So I'm disappointed, highly disappointed. Oh, boy. I'm going to give mine to a combination of Andy Dalton and Matt. (laughs) Now, Andy Dalton had a decent first half of the game, but he was a big reason why we lost this game today. Not throwing the fucking football away, missing throws, the two picks, the pick six. It was just an unforgettable last day here for Andy Dalton in the Bears uniform. Now, I have on this show said Andy Dalton, decent quarterback. He was decent for us this year, but we all know here in Bears Nation that this is Justin Fields' team, and Justin Fields is going to be the guy that's going to lead us to the promised land. 
So the Andy Dalton experiment is done here in Chicago. He was my underperformer for week 18, and I got to give Matt Nagy a little piece of that as well. Because like I said earlier, audience, his decision-making was flat-out embarrassing. When you're going to go for it on fourth down, cool. But don't go for it and then call dumbass play calls. Give the ball to David Montgomery. What are we doing? Seems like even from last week against the Giants, at some point, it's like Dalton is targeting the DBs, right? It's like you want to get the ball to the opposing team, man. So I'm with you, man. Before we get out of here, audience, we know that there's a lot of conversation that's going on in Bears Nation right now about not only when Matt Nagy gets fired, but who will potentially replace him. So A-Dub and I, later on this week, we're going to do a State of the Bears podcast episode. And on that episode, we're going to break down potential candidates that we think are going to replace Matt Nagy. Then we're also going to break down the case for why Ryan Pace should stay. And then we're also going to argue the case for why he should also be fired. So we got a lot to unpack here this week once we get the official word that Matthew Nagy is no longer coaching the Chicago Bears. But I would say looking ahead, though, audience, while this has been a frustrating season, we still do have a lot to look forward to. We have a very impressive young roster. We're top 10 in cap space. And I think that this team has a bright future ahead. What we need is the right head coach, the right system, and the right front office in place to maximize what we have here. As a Bear fan, I'm very confident in the future of this team. We need to get the right person to usher us into the 2022 season and beyond. Development going to be key, seeing guys take that next step. One of the things that we talked about a little earlier was big changes, right? So probably no Hakeem Hicks, probably no A-Rod. It'll be interesting to see what happens with Bilal Nichols. Eddie Goldman, that's a name that we haven't talked about a lot as of late. Eddie Goldman struggled a lot this season. He could be a potential cap casualty. There's going to be a lot of people on this team that may not be here in 2022 because Eddie Goldman has a really high cap hit. So we'll see, especially when I talk about a guy like Angelo Blackson and how he stepped up. They may have enough talent and depth on that defensive line that they may say, Eddie, you know what? Hey, thanks, but we're going to go a different way. We'll see, friends. And I mean, not to mention Kyrus Tonga, who I think has the potential to be a very good defensive tackle in this league. So again, there's going to be some very tough decisions that are going to have to be made with this roster. But I will say this, audience, we've enjoyed doing these shows with you guys every week. A-Dub and I are not going anywhere, as I mentioned. We're going to have a special podcast episode out later this week. And we're going to be here with you guys throughout the offseason. There's going to be a lot to talk about, starting with the draft and all the various prospects and different people that the Bears should be targeting. We're going to break it all down. So don't you worry. The DBE guys will be here. We got your backs. Yes, sir. All right, A-Double. Listen, man, 6-11, and 11, not what we thought was going to happen this season. But on to next. Audience, appreciate the continued support, and we are out. Thanks for listening to The Barry Sentence. You can find this show wherever you get your podcasts. We appreciate your continued support and for making this a top 10 Chicago Bears podcast. As always, Bears Nation, come down with us.